Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Here we are, another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Hey, Paul, what's up, man? Not much, Jack. I think we're managing to make it through all of whatever has been going on around the around the world lately. So far, so good. Yeah. Anyway, got less than four weeks of this dumpster fire called 2020 left. Yeah, boy, can't end too fast for me. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure anything's going to be different, but no, you know. No, but the number will be. Optimism? Yeah. You know, we were just talking about this at our house the other night. Think of all the things globally, how many businesses and how many things had that magic, you know, 2020. Society likes those round numbers, those mm-hmm. even numbers, those duplicating numbers. And to have screwed it up as bad as it got screwed up in 2020, we totally just annihilated everybody's goal of what was going to, you know, think of all of the things that have good numbers that are 2020 and just we destroyed it this year. Yeah, like vision. Yeah, that might be one of the only things that no, isn't affected no, by Corona. Nobody huh? saw 2020 coming with their 2020 <laughs> vision. Anyway, that's enough depressing stuff for right now. Recently, we've had him on the podcast twice, but it was reruns. So uh, we had Dan on yep. uh, the last couple months, and uh, we're going to have Dan Barabal back on. Dan, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's all good. Ready for more fun in 21. Hey, there you go. He always has these little catchphrase rhymes. Yeah. yeah. It's like he's trying to become one of the hosts of this here podcast. <laughs> Man. But one of the things Dan brought to our attention this week, and that's kind of how it works around here, if you bring yep. something to our attention, you get to join, is that... That, uh, or you're with, made to join. You're made yes. to join. <laughs> I'm in. Within the last year, SSPC has expanded their abrasive blast standards for non-ferrous metals. Uh, we wanted to take a look at this new standard, which is the SSPC SP17, which is called Thorough Blast Cleaning of Non-Ferrous Metals. But we also kind of want to piggyback that into a talk about the SSPC SP16, which is brush-off blast cleaning of coated and uncoated galvanized steel, stainless steels, and non-ferrous metals. Now, really, the big thing thing was we didn't realize we've never covered sp16 yeah i mean it's a standard that we live on i mean almost daily you hear somebody up here say you know something about sp16 surface prep Mm -hmm. because you run into a lot of galvanized metal in our industry and a lot of duplex style systems where somebody wants to put a coating system on over the galvanizing so it's a really common standard and i couldn't believe when we got to look and that we've never talked about it yeah and dan's here because he literally is a walking reference guide for sspc and nace standards so sp16 is actually 10 years old now and it was developed as a more appropriate standard surface preparation standard for brush off blasting of galvanized and non-ferrous metals as opposed to SP7, which is to carbon steel. Yeah, exactly. So there's a direct correlation there, but let's kind of talk a little bit about that. So brush off blast. Dan, kind of give us a quick what, what we're talking about when we say that. Okay, so a brush-off blast is basically the removal by abrasive blast means of any partial or non-adherent coatings. And number two, the uh, removal of, again, rust scale, loose rust. But anything that is tight, just like with uh, an SP7, Anything that is tight as far as coatings and rust would be allowed to remain. But in the case of SP16, well, we're talking about galvanizing a non-ferrous metal. So therefore, you're basically more so removing, say, zinc salts or in the case of galvanizing or non-adherent coatings 
and uh, oxides, okay, but also SP-16 does require, in lieu of, say, an SP-7, an SP-16 does call for a minimum surface profile of three-quarters of a mil. Which is one of the few cleanliness standards that offer a profile. There's a handful of other ones, but for the most part, the cleanliness standards deal with cleanliness and not profile. I think they introduced profile into this one for galvanizing purposes. Right. As SP-11 is power tool clean to bare metal with the creation of a one mil profile, SP-16 is for preparation of non-ferrous metals, including galvanizing. If you're not specifying it, the default is a minimum three quarters of a mil. One thing to talk about just real quickly as a reminder, everybody, Dan mentioned SSPC, SP-7. That's brush off blast cleaning of steel, carbon steel. You know, one of the other things that's mentioned in SP-16 that is is kind of one of my go-tos whenever I have to talk to anybody about galvanizing. Section 4.3.3 talks about uh, testing for the presence of passivating treatments on galvanizing. Most commonly, we see it as chromating services. Mm -hmm. And 4.3.3 gives a real good description as to how to test for it, how to make sure that if you're putting on a coating system over it, that you've removed it. And this is most common in freshly galvanized structures that were not intended or unknown intention of a coating system. This passivation layer is typically applied when you're not going to apply coatings. So this tells you how to test for it. It's a copper sulfate solution. It's a pretty straightforward process. You drop a few drops of it on and you look for a color change, but it's described here. And that'll help to make sure that you have a good tight bond to any galvanizing that's on when you're applying a coating system. Yes, the great thing about SSP-16 is it, it allowed us to specify as a coating manufacturer actual proper surface preparation for these types of substrates. And before this was created about 10 years ago or so, we had to reference the carbon steel standards and make modifications. You'd have to take that standard, you'd have to adjust it. Now with the SSP-16, we can give you some guidance for profile, but mostly cleanliness. Just like the carbon steel standard of the SP-7, brush off blasting is the um, pretty much the lowest degree of cleanliness for blasting, and you're basically removing anything that's not tightly adhered. After that, it's good to go. When you're blasting galvanizing, which is basically metallic zinc, you know, 97% zinc or aluminum, when you brush blast those items, you're basically needing to coat those prepared surfaces basically same day, same shift because of the fact that if you do allow a dew point climb to reach substrate temperature, you could create oxides that could be an impediment to the adhesion of the primer and or the system. So just like with carbon steel, if you're not dehumidifying your atmosphere, you do need to be aware that like metallizing, you do want to coat it the same day, same shift before any significant level of oxides forms. That's a great point because when carbon steel, there you go. When carbon steel flash rusts, it's blatantly yeah, obvious. You blatantly see the obvious. you see the rust bloom everywhere. Yeah, you don't need any. With these, assist. the oxidation can be tricky. So you either, like Dan said, dehumidification, same day. All right, here we are, another month and another commercial. This month, we want to talk to you about our Rust Bond PS. It's a brand new product. Uh, it's a year-round primer sealer. As you know, in the past, we had a Rust Bond and a Rust Bond FC for fast cure. That FC was for the winter. Well, now. 
Uh, you have Rust Bond PS and you could use it year round. It penetrates rust, it wicks under edges of old coatings and creates an adhesive shell for top coat application. That's the Rust Bond PS and go ahead and check it out. Moving on, SSPC saw that, that this helped, like this made a huge difference in the way that we could specify preparation for coatings, but it also left something to be desired in cases of severe service. Right, so what we look at is what do you do different when you're putting it into some sort of a severe service or into immersion service, how are we gonna treat this differently? And what are some nuances? Because as a society and an industry, we're seeing a lot of stainless steel in extreme service environments. And there are some nuances as to how you deal with it and some different cautions and some relaxed cautions that you can take with it. So it was kind of unfair to just lump it in with the SP-16 standard. Yeah, and so what they did is they came out with this SSPC SP-17, and it's thorough abrasive blast cleaning. So Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about this and how it correlates with SSPC SP-10, the thorough blast cleaning okay. of uh, carbon steel. You bet. So if you think of SSPC SP-16, brush off blast cleaning of your galvanized and non-ferrous metals, it was basically for atmospheric weathering, you know, mild environments, at, uh, non-immersion, non-buried. And if you're not specifying a blast profile, the default is only three quarters of a mil, which is fine for oh, thin film systems in a mild atmosphere. But when you're talking about stainless or aluminum alloys and whatnot, where we are severe service, buried or immersion, now we're talking about getting a much greater degree of cleanliness to where you're matching cleanliness levels like an SP-10 near white metal blast to carbon steel because an SP-17 thorough abrasive blast cleaning of non-ferrous metals, you are going to limit the amount of color variations to no more than 5% of any unit area. And what does that sound like? An SP-10 to near white metal for carbon steel. Yep, they actually do draw that same comparison right in the forward. They say, this is what we're gearing at. This is a non-carbon steel version for that. It's kind of where the similarities to SP-10 end. One thing they do is they, in this standard, the major difference between 17 and 16 is they kick out galvanizing. Yeah. Because if you do this, if you read this standard and you were to do this to galvanizing, that means you would thoroughly clean the substrate till there was only 5% of galvanizing left on the surface. Right. You would have removed so your galvanizer. The huge thing you got to get is you got to get out galvanizing. Galvanizing is not applicable for SP-17. Now, True that. The, another interesting point is, Dan, there is no VIS standard for this. Right. Talk there about is, that. There is no visual standard right now for abrasive blast preparation of non-ferrous metals. As far as stainless, alloys of stainless, this SP-17 standard, as far as substrates that may be prepared to this method are included, but not limited to copper and copper alloys, as well as aluminum and aluminum alloys, in addition to stainless steels. As of right now, there is no, again, pictorial photographic standard. So this standard is unique in that it is recommended section 1.3 and also the 3. appendix 3. and 3.3 that the contractor is required to prepare a sample area of the non-ferrous metal substrate to the degree of required surface preparation and it's referred to as a job reference standard or a JRS. So it's kind of like Say when you're doing a test patch or, or a demo area of a flooring coating system, 
uh, you want to get the right degree of, you know, flake broadcast or non-skid aggregate. You want to do a standard area of, to act as a sample or a guide to go by to judge visually, you know, the rest of the job surface preparation. And the thing about stainless, uh, certainly as well as with copper, when you heat treat it or weld it, the heat affected zones can go all sorts of different colors, even though you have the right density and depth of blast profile you could still have colors of the rainbow inherent in the substrate, but it's clean enough in accordance with this standard. And that is one of the things that this standard references this job reference standard a couple of times in it because of that degree of variation. In a large, smooth, middle of the plate kind of area, you're gonna have a different look to blasted stainless steel than you will in a heat affected zone or in a welded zone or, or in an area that had some other sort of pressure or force exerted on it. So you need references for what each of those are going to look like because you you will have a different appearance. Absolutely. And that is important. And, and they don't want you to forget about it. Like Dan said, it's in two different spots in the standard. They want you to make sure that you are doing this. More importantly, if I was a contractor, there's 0% chance that I would not do this. I just did a double negative every time I would do this <laughs> because it is the best way to CYA. Yeah. All parties agree on it you can reference it at any point. So if at any point anybody wants to call into question your level of cleanliness, you come right back to your JRS, your job reference standard, and that's agreed upon by all parties. The last thing in this standard that's slightly different, not slightly different, and, and we're gonna nitpick here because I've heard lots of fights about appendixes talking to you, Joe Walker. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> In the appendix for this standard, there is something we have never seen before in these cleanliness standards. Do you want to, you guys want to take a, a stab at that? Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. It's brought up and mentioned about non-visible contaminants. And specifically, they're talking about salts. Now, it includes all kinds of things, chlorides, nitrates, sulfates. It also goes into some organics and inorganics that could be uh, invisible to the naked eye. All of these are going to be undesirable in the coating system but you don't frequently see invisible contaminants referenced in the cleanliness standards. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of, uh, of cleanliness standards that are talking about how frequently you're supposed to do it. SPO 716 talks about the frequency for soluble salts testing, but it doesn't give you numbers yet for what should those maximum or minimum numbers be for a safe coating system. So um, it's concentrations. Right. Okay. Those are still being worked out. NACE and SSPC have groups that are still working on what those references will be. And I assume at some point they'll be included in these. But this is the first time we've seen it really called out and say, test for it and talk to your coding manufacturer to find out what their levels, their acceptable levels are. I think you mispronounced fighting. They're fighting about it. No, <laughs> no that's debating. <laughs> Discussing. Anyway. Oh. One big thing about that uh, SP-17 that's also uh, part of SP-16 is that when we're talking about abrasive blasting of stainless steel, especially for SP-17 where we're talking about immersion buried, very severe service, we do not, and this standard makes mention, you do not want to use carbon steel grit or shot oh yes when you're blasting stainless for either atmospheric sp16 or buried or immersion more thorough sp17 you normally have to go to a slag or mineral 
that's very aggressive to get that type of anchor profile. Now, the other non-ferrous metal alloys normally are not, you know, as far as aluminum and copper, not very, uh, aluminum's becoming more common. Uh, I entertained a question about coating an aluminum heat exchanger a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. So that soft metal, you definitely want to be concerned about inclusions in the, in the, in the metal if you, you know, abrasive blast it very harshly or aggressively. So stainless, unless you're, you know, carboline and plastide standpoint has been, if you're not applying a very thick film system, meaning a 40 mil to 60 mil minimum dry film thickness, normally we want to stay away from carbon steel grit or shot and go towards stainless or other mineral or slag when do abrasive blasting stainless to an sp17 yeah you don't want to create a little corrosion cell within your um and that's the whole thing dissimilar metals you can go back to our episode on the corrosion cell but i think that does it for this week here's one thing i'm telling you if you're an engineer you're listening to this show you're writing a specification call this guy Call Mr. Barabal. <laughs> he, he can talk to you about all of these different standards and make sure that you guys are keeping in mind all the different little things that you need. Obviously, all of Paul's guys can, but like, yeah, I'm not kidding when I say that Dan has uh, probably forgot more about SSPC standards than I've ever known. It is, it is truly an encyclopedic knowledge of them. It's uh, insane. But anyway, Dan, thank you very much for coming on. I enjoyed it. All right. And uh, for everybody, we'll see you next week. And so, for the Carbaline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for, for your support. support. Who put the-